Yeah, Robert Lush, welcome. Yes, you are a always very charitable and giving kind person. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh um, boy, I must have duped. I don't know how I duped you somewhere along the way, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, I have stuff from you already for my Pennsylvania Dutch design book. Um, yeah. We had talked about that a little bit. So that's sort of like on the back burner now. That's just compiling it and getting it together. Um, what I'm working on now is more of like um, a personal journey book I'm about okay. my journey, um, for which you were very instrumental, I feel, um, in my crush landing <laughs> into the, I mean, uh, into the I, atmosphere. I, I, I mean, if you, if, uh, you know, speaking quite frankly, I don't yes, even, I, I, I think that your journey is really still just beginning. I think you have, oh. a, like, I think you have a whole bunch of, like, really great revelations and, you know, learning things coming toward you as you, as yes. you go on. And, um, yes. you know, partially because you've had, you've had to kind of slow things down to kind of your kids and you know, take care of Hunter and you know and your, your family and its needs which are first line of first line of frith they're uh, very important things have um they've delayed some of the you know of these revelations however yes, when those revelations sir. come they're going to mean that much more because of all this effort that you're putting in to the yes. people yeah and to your point I really appreciate that because you're spot on um I take a long time. I'm a slow learner. So I like that it's been slowed down, actually. Um, so at times, certainly, it becomes very frustrating. But at the moment, I'm feeling really good about having the extra time because there's certain ways that I would react reacted five years ago to certain things that I won't react that way now, which is evolution. You know, it's me evolving as a person and, and growing up and, and becoming um, more aware of the way I react and how that ripples through everyone that <laughs> is involved in my life. So um, to that point, though, I'd really like to focus with you about um, Oglava and also um, sort of a little bit more about you, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Um, this will, again, be sort of like how Hunter formats his books, like an interview style. Um, and I'm pulling people that have touched me in my journey uh, in, in big ways or or maybe small ways, but profound ways, I guess, is a better way to put it. And um, you have certainly been that person for me, a person in my journey very early on, because as you know, um, when Hunter and I met, there was a lot of trouble for me because of um, becoming um, partnered up with Hunter and, and what that all entailed. And, and a lot of bridges had been burned, which I have tried to uh, salvage the ones that were worth salvaging. And you certainly, sir, were number one on my, um, list to salvage because I remember watching you from afar and being really drawn into what you were doing, um, your spirit, your momentum, the power you had in your presence, and, and being at an event at the same time as you at the Heritage Center and feeling Hunter was really like put off and like didn't want to be like near you and like whatever. And I was like, well, we need to fix this because this guy seems amazing. Um, so that's sort of what I was kind of interested in talking about sort of how we met and then um, also, part of what I'm trying to sort out the tension in the book is my personal path as in um, like religion wise. So I am a generally, um, I, you probably have a great Deutsch word for this, willy nilly. Um, so I identify as agnostic, 
pagan yeah. leaning, you know, if you had yeah. to ask me, that's what I would say. Um, I also identify as bisexual, though I'm with a man and mostly was with men. But yeah. it seems to be a thread that goes through my life where I'm sort of like afraid. And, and it came up with an interview that I did with Justin Schmoyer, the, the idea of surrender. So I guess my interest with you would be um, just that whole idea of how did you surrender and, and sort of like find your path? Because I'm very interested in that. Well, okay, before we actually go into that, yes. let me just ask you a, a, a question. All right, what's your, what's your birth sign? What's my what? Your birth sign. Oh, Aquarius. <laughs> um, well, there you go. Yes. I mean, um, yeah, and the funny thing about that is, you know, I'm a Libra, and Libras are, oh. also, Libras are also air signs. And yes. I, I am a triple Libra. My, my, rise, my uh, moon is in Gemini, my rising is Aquarius. And, um, oh. and um, so some of these things about, I, when I was younger, I always felt like I was standing in between everything. Yes. Like, okay? Yes, and, um, sir. Yes, but this is, this is, this is where I think that, that I might be able to help you out. Yeah. I never took anything in astrology seriously whatsoever until Susan it. Hess ran my sign, ran my chart during our herbalism instruction. Okay. And when it came up and my, the, the results said, you are likely to found your own religion. I thought that was a little bit too specific to wow. just be a, um, a uh, you know. <laughs> wow. What year you know, was this, Rob? That's so that cool. That was 2000. Hold on a second. Um, it was. It was 2010. Wow. And, that yeah, is so cool. And I, I think I still have the paper in here. Um, and because uh, again, I, I you know I always thought it was cute and interesting and everything sure. like that. But then once that came out, then it was like, oh my god, <laughs> you know, wow. it became hard to deny. And uh, I'll have to look for it later if I can find it. I think it's in yeah, it's sort of like that person um, on your but, back tapping your shoulder all day, you know. Yes, <laughs> so you're looking for a cat. Um, anyway, the willy-nilly dice word that you were looking for is Ivel, I-W-W-E-L. And um, so uh, that's willy-nilly, Ich bin yeah. Ivel. All right, yeah. all right, so um, now, uh, what next? Um, oh, so you go through your life often feeling like you belong nowhere. Yes. Yet everywhere at the same time. Yeah. And, um, and it, it, it becomes... A, a bit of a struggle yeah. now with now the with libras we have the tendency to try to love everybody make it you know with aquarius you guys seem to be a little more like friendly but you know skittish yeah. you know yeah. and, um, but this is where i think that you could switch things around and make that one of your strengths you know that that ability to see side all sides of things the ability to listen and to consider things that you don't agree with but try to see how somebody else came to that conclusion. Yes. And, and um, that becomes, that's where like our, like the Libra indecision problem, because we're, um, yeah. <laughs> where the indecision problem can become a strength because we're able to compromise and try to find, you know, ways to make win-win situations. And if you know me, that's, that's one of my biggest burdens in my life because I try to let everybody have a piece of wind so that nobody's fully disappointed. Right. And um, now hearkening back to what you said a couple of minutes ago, um, you know, the situation between Hunter and me 
wasn't even really a situation between him and me. Right. And um and uh and you know and, and you were instrumental in getting 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 him through some tough times too. Yes. And um yep. I I still remember when you, when you you first wanted to join the Orglova Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The second time you submitted to join it, you said, if I knock three times, will you let me in? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to. Uh, I do everything uh, in threes. <laughs> and yes, and, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm really going to have uh, to give it a try because I thought it was such an amusing answer. Yeah. And then yeah. When I, once I met you in person, I was like, you know what? She, she, she's, she belongs with us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I know. And, um, yeah. You know, so back in 2007, um, uh, we went away, Doug and I went away to my parents' house in Florida. And, um, and that, was a, that was the trip that I think I finally, uh, I've always identified as Christian, always. Right, right. You know, and, you know, right up until the, you know, a few months before going to Mennonite church and just, you know, and, and trying to partake, but I still, there were a couple things I still could not just wrap my head around. And as Judge Judy would say, if something doesn't make sense, it's not true. Right. And what, what doesn't make sense, it's not true, is why would you create a whole race of beings um, and then have them, you know, give them a whole list of things that they have to live up to that they can't possibly do, right? and then punish them when they can't do it. Right. And, uh, you know, it was, it, I think the first time, honestly, I don't think I've ever mentioned this to anybody. I'm not sure I should, but um, do it. Do you ever play? Do you ever play the video game The Sims? No, I'm I'm an old lady. I don't play video. Games. I'm older than you are. I'm not a lady, but yeah. but um, no. But anyway, um, it's weird where you, you make these little. These, essentially, you build these people and you build their lives and everything. Oh, and Sims! I thought you said yes, 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 yes. I thought you said Sims, like as in the no. Seven Deadly Sins. No, no, the Sims. Yes, and, well, there, sure. I gotcha. There was, there was one sim game where I made this really nasty, this really nasty woman, and for a few nights in a row, I had her wake up in the middle of the night and call her neighbor on the phone. Okay, <laughs> so her neighbor would yell at her. All right, and after I did this a while, one night she got up on her own and made the phone call, and I'm like, um, okay, and. <laughs> Now, while I do believe that that was just like programming, like a smartphone program learning code or whatever, but right. eh, I started having thoughts about making these, yeah, cause what if we're all Sims in a world, you know, that where we can't live up to the expectations. Right. And, um, and it, it's as silly as it sounds, that actually brought about a, brought about a moral quandary for me. Yeah. It's like, why, why am I... On, like worshiping the god of jealousy who says yeah. he's a jealous god his own book is littered with with references that uh, that make it obvious that there were other gods um right. you know and uh saying false gods does not mean they're still not gods i right. mean they're not saying there are no other gods they're saying you shall right. have no other gods before me right, and, right. Uh, okay and then the the echoes in my head the things that i was hearing you know and uh it, when I finally like, admitted that I was hearing a call and I knew it was the call of multiple gods. I didn't know where to go. Mm -hmm. you know, keep in mind, I grew up pretty traditional. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yep. So, I, so while we were on that, that little trip to Florida, 
I decided I wanted to go find a book on Hinduism because it was the only polytheistic religion with which I was really familiar at all. Well, and I wasn't even that familiar with it. And I went to uh, went to the like the only bookstore in uh, Naples, Florida that I could find, and I found like the Hinduism for Dummies or like you know something like intro to like I, I have it here somewhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was, and I started reading it. The author was of Norwegian descent, and in the, in the text of the book, she made a reference to Asatru because she was kind of making a comparison between certain elements of Hinduism and Norse practice. So wow. I thought, well, what's that? And then I started looking into that, reading that, and you know, went out to the computer and you know, ordered Diana Paxton's Essential Asatru. And um, I received that book after, you know, once I came back home. And um, as I'm reading it, it's like, oh, like, wait a minute. Oh my God, we got all this stuff on our own culture. Yeah. Oh, you know, those helpful entities that my relatives call to for assistance. Oh my gosh, they're the gods. You know, and, you know, and then I started piecing all these things together, interviewing my, my older relatives, and then um, joining the Hex and Kunst, uh, Yahoo group, where I, that's where I first encountered Hunter and, and, yes. and Patricia Niedrich. And, um, and uh, there on November 7th in, the, in line chat, that's where I coined the term Orglava based on Patricia's input. I said, well, it's often, you know, religions, uh, folk religions often take their names from the translation of you know, old faith or, you know, or means the original or ancient primal and Glava meaning faith. And so we got ourselves a name. And um, my original intention was to try to take what I could find from our lore and kind of try to weave it into the tapestry of the rest of heathenry. But, you know, once I met Jessie Tobin mm-hmm. and she became my brother, I mentor, and then, you know, Susan Hess, she became my herbalism instructor, and Jess, and now Dennis Boyer was, yeah. and if you don't interview Dennis, you might want to. Um, I, I have reached out to him. I haven't heard back yet, so okay. I may um, have to call him. Yeah, uh, Dennis had done like 80 interviews with elderly practitioners. I think Jesse and Matthew did eight, and I am now up to 158. Wow, and, that's, I was going to uh, ask you about that. That's so cool. And um, the, 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 you know, when I start, I think I did my first one in 2008, and then it's been a whole floodgate since then. Wow. But the, the, the part that, the part that is, is completely bizarre is somewhere in 2008, Nine or ten, I can't remember why I have to go look it up, but um, I had posted something on, on, on some, it was, it's not on Facebook, because Facebook wasn't, I wasn't on Facebook yet, on the Yahoo group somewhere or something, asking if anybody had ever heard of something, I can't remember what the reference was, but it was some obscure reference that somebody else had mentioned to me, and this woman, she read it, she asked her father about it, her father was a self-identified Hexerite practitioner. Whoa. And, um, and, um, he said he knew about it and that he would be willing to talk to me about it, but he needed, he didn't know who I was. He didn't trust academics. He didn't, you know, he mm. was old. He remembered the, you know, the, the, the police coming and harassing, you know, pra- practitioners, usually women, mm-hmm. you, know, of, right, you know, back in the 20s and the 30s, by the way, Orglova now uh, views those people as heroes of our religion yeah. and as hero of, heroes of our culture because, you know, they may, some of them may have been up to shady stuff, but some of them were not. And um, and it's not the right of the state to come in and tell us how we can re, how you know how our culture can live. You know, live, right, live right. Life. 
or and to I'm pick not, and choose who they're going to protect and not protect yes. religiously. And it's not fair, that, right? Right, and that they would be particularly hard on the women in order to um, to uh, threaten them, scare them, intimidate yeah. them, the yeah. others, but also because much of this um, much of this attempt at suppression was coming from New England and New York, mm -hmm. and um, which was bringing in um, you know a lot of waspy culture that you know, where the women didn't have any le uh, particular level of equality. Right, well, right. In, in the Dutch culture, even if we had different roles between, mm -hmm. you know, among the genders, I would say, um, there was still parity. Like, I think I, I mentioned to you that one of my elderly uh, relatives have once said to me, the only thing that's, the only thing that's more uh, frightening than the, than the deacons meeting is the quilting bee. Um, that's so true. <laughs> it was actually more, uh, has more power than the deacons meeting is the yeah. uh, quilting bee. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, yes, and, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. yes. I feel that and, so hard. Yep. Yes. My, my great grandmother was not that religious, but that quilting be every damn week. Yep. Mm -hmm. But see, picture it this way the mm -hmm. deacons have their meeting. They mm -hmm. go home and then they hear the feedback from the quilting bee. Yes. And the quilting bee is saying, no, you know, you know, they think that you should do the, you know, I, I, you know what, if you want dinner tonight, you might. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yes. And, I um, you so hard on that. <laughs> and, 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 but, but, you know, but that's, that's kind of the wonder of it. I mean, yeah. and, and, and the, the, the yeah. influences of our, um, yeah, uh, of, the old Dites culture are still around today. Mm -hmm. When when we started, when I finally got to meet this man, the, he really opened the floodgates. Because first off, I'm going to tell you, these people who are hexerai is a rough word anyway. I mean, yeah. it literally, it really does mean witchcraft. Yes. But yeah. the thing is, it the common the common uh, sense that most of us get when we hear the word provided to us by wider American society is like Satan worship and all that stuff. Yeah. And I have to tell you, that turns up even in the Daesh culture. It turns up yes. even among the practitioners of Brakarai. But, yeah. the, but, but the reality is quite the opposite. First off, depending on where you are in the state, Hexarai literally means Brakarai. It's the same, like the same thing. Sure. You know, they don't, one area has one word, another area has the other word, and right. some places they have both words. And the Folk Fest, may I, may I interject, Rob, actually uses Hexarai slash Brakarai on their sign. Yeah. And, and, and but in Berks County, Berks County is actually one of the bigger um, uh, what's the word I want um, culprits with this, where they the, where it takes the two and splits them right down Christian dualistic line, um, where Hexerai is of God and uh, sorry Hexerai is uh, is evil and Brakarai is of God. Right. And I got to tell you, after having interviewed like eighty some of these people, that's not the case. No. Um, some of them were nominal Christians, but in their Hexerai practice, they were not calling to Satan. No. They were, calling, they were calling to the land, and some of them were calling to the old gods. Yeah. And they're calling to primarily Hala, the, the eternal hunter, Evakri Yeager, otherwise known as Holler, um, you know, to Wudan, to Duna. But, you know, when they're calling to Duna, most people look at it, they're, they're calling upon thunder, but they're actually calling upon the god Duna. And so they were, like, syncretic. Mm -hmm. but heathen and not you know but they had all sorts of stories that have been passed down from you know from their little from their regions or whatever they were like the, 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 the keepers and then he started vouching for me to other practitioners and i'm finding myself in um like a retirement home in i think it was columbia county with oh, wow. um with five elderly practitioners who are having um who are having a 
roundtable discussion with me and getting into an argument over whether you know what the difference was between a barn elf and a house elf or something. I can't remember, I can't remember exactly what what it was. I've written about that somewhere before, but in the same facility they were, they were all yeah. in. The same oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and but the wow. thing is, nobody actually knew that they were. They all just thought that they were like you know dinner buddies. Sure, sure. And, um, you know, but um, and then um, so the, yeah, and so then it began to expand and expand, and um. And as then, like, I started asking more of my relatives and you know, na old neighbors and you know, friends and stuff, and started picking up all sorts of fragments of stories. And then some of these stories they began to fit together and actually to create the myth. And so now we have some. We have stories, and yeah, uh, there was one that we actually I think we actually completed this year. I haven't put the final version up, but for years I kept hearing of this myth of how the sun and the moon got to be where they were in the sky, and um. And uh, as as we're as we're going through the whole thing, it's obviously a a metaphor for how the sun and the moon got in the sky, but it's also talking about the relationship between the god sun, uh, god moon, and the goddess Suna, and the trickster figure named Shada. Who now remember this? Remember the story of um of uh, Balder? Um, you know, Balder tricked the blind god um, Loki. Sorry, press <laughs> that part out. Um, Loki tricked the blind god Hoder into, um, I think I got the name right, I'm not, my Norse lore is a little weak, but into uh, shooting an arrow and, and, um, of mistletoe and, and, uh, and killing the god Balder, um, tricks the, the sleeping, this, the god of slumber, Shlum, into, uh, into blowing a dart that some say it might have mistletoe into it, and to putting Suna and Moon to sleep, and then he, he puts them on opposite sides of himself so that they can never uh, be together. And um, it, 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 there, there's just a little bit of, too much of a resonance there. And mm. uh, now, now, my, now my door's open. That's okay. <laughs> the, the, uh, um, there's a little bit too much of a similarity there that I'm wondering if this is some sort of like, like both of them are some old retelling of some old story, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but then, uh, and it's also how shadows come to, why shadows, another metaphor for this is why shadows disappear in light. It's because Vudan, um, Vudan as punishment for the action, allowed him, allowed Shada never to stand in, in, uh, in Suna's presence. Wow. And, um, and uh, it, it's kind of funny. So eclipses in our lore are actually a reason to celebrate. Right, right. The, uh, that's when uh, Suna and Moon got together. So like these stories start coming out hmm. and you start seeing some of the, like, you know, myth, myth metaphor, and occasional wisdom behind them, and um, it, it's been fascinating. We have a whole bunch of fragments of stuff we haven't quite gotten to yet. And I, I live for this stuff. This stuff yeah. makes it so exciting. And exciting. some of these things, some of these things, Rachel, this might actually be of interest to you. Some of these things are motif, could become motifs that get worked into art. Yeah. You know, like the separation of the sun and moon, and the, um, well, um, <laughs> That's Doug in case he goes on the Hey on Doug. The <laughs> <laughs> um he just he has to get ready for work so I can't lock oh. him out of the basement. Um no but um the uh yeah and so like these metaphors are same with like the um you know the moon signs like those could yeah. become artwork and yeah. all all that stuff. Yeah and uh so we're trying to get the, that information out there. Much of it is on dykesmythology.blogspot.com. Yes, thank um, you for the saying Dykes that. Blog. Um, and, and so people can kind of work that in. But You guys have so, an incredible resource there. I mean, you're so um, charitable in your knowledge. You share it, and I really appreciate that so much, Rob. 
but I'm really only putting things up there that are ready for public consumption. Sure, sure. Like, you know, I, I mean, the, you know, the real, the real bevy of information, oh, actually there's two of them, is the Orglova Facebook group has a lot of stuff in yes. it. Yes. And the um, Orglova.net has a lot. Yes. Um, uh, Distalfink's website, distalfink.org, on the resource page also has a lot. Um, that actually lists out a lot of uh, external links. Um, and, uh, but you know, in 2008, Susan and Jesse had begun the uh, Hollabayer Haven um, newsletter, and mm -hmm. I think I took that in 2011, and we've actually kept it going. And um, with the help of uh, Sarah Gavigan of um, Levisbom uh, Freehold down in Delaware, that's a global freehold, uh, she's kind of taken on in order to uh, exonerate me of, of uh, one of my hats. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. um, and she, she's uh, been keeping the issues up to date. So uh, we now call it Hollerbear Hof because it's uh, to represent the, the elderberry groves that we're putting in at cemetery. And, um, oh, wow. That's and, incredible. Uh, so how can it, people access that? And can we get a subscription through her? Um, it's, it's all free download. Oh, okay. So it's all digital. Oh, perfect. All digital, all free okay. download. Look, um, at I, me, I look at me in the 90s. <laughs> well, well, see, the thing is, when when Susan and Jesse first started it, they did they did do a print copy of it, and, yeah. and you know people had subscriptions to it and everything. But number one, um, you know, when I took it over, it was very it's it's difficult to sometimes it's difficult to get those all that together while you're oh, still yeah. trying to have a okay. day job and all. And yes. um, yeah. and secondly, um, the mailing costs, the mailing list, like all that stuff. I mean, you know, once here. Like, I want people to know this. I want this yeah. to. I want this to be something that's accessible. Right. Here's a PDF. Yeah, yeah I love and, it. Um, and uh, and and you know they're somewhat simpler than they used to be because you know sure. all of us are busy. But yes. you know we, we went from having you know see like, a few seasonal rituals and now we have like all you know we started seeing that that more of the, you know that more of these observances are twelve day you know twelve day periods. Yeah. And you know so it, it's like we got ourselves a very full schedule and I, I gotta tell you I'm really happy about it. Um, oh that's so know. cool Rob. I mean I feel like I've known you forever even though I haven't but I feel so excited for you and I feel so proud of you just as a sister um a Deitch sister and also someone that's willy-nilly hanging on there with Urglava which I you know I sort of life happened when I was getting ready to join you're still, we're still in it. So you know. listen, I'm I'm ready though. I'm at the point. I think this book is going to sort of be the thing that brings me all together. But I do look to you as like um someone that that makes me feel really comfortable and is very accessible. And I and I do appreciate all the work that you've done to make it so accessible. Because as you know, in Dutch culture in general, a lot of times things are monetized and kept secret. You know, like we have the Grunsal lodges and everything's like so fucking secret. Like you're a woman, you can't be here. Like. And you have flipped that shit on its back, and I love that so much about you. But you also have such a giving, kind spirit. You're such a teacher. Like, your heart is so much an educator. And I just, I love you so much, Rob, and I value what the work you're doing. And I'm so, so proud of you. And I'm so glad to hear that you're so happy with the way things are. And it's not too fast now, maybe, for you. You've, you've been able to kind of keep up. Well, that's great news, because I worry about you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are several things going on that you know that are kind of flipping you know themselves right back. First off, yes. you know Hunter and I get along, man. You know he yes. and I we we agree each other, and and, yes. and it's not to say that that, that dark elements aren't part. Because you know you can't have light without dark, just like you, yes. you know this whole yes. shadow you know that shot uh, yes. shadow Shlum, Suna story is part of that. Yes. And, um, 
you know, so that's all fine. But like, usually if you're, if you're fear, if you're fearing or you're hinky about something, there's usually a reason. Yeah, and I kind of trust that. that. <laughs> and, and most of us do and, um, or should, but yeah, and, and that, people are different, you know I mean? Like, you know, right. obviously, obviously this will think is an inclusive group and you know, we, yes. we, we, whoever feels the same call we call and can yes. fit in with our values and, and, and why not, you know? Yes, I mean, right. And, um, and I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yes. Um, but you know, you said something else a minute ago. Oh, yeah. As, as time's been going on, you know, I've been more and more appreciating also um, Silver Ravenwolf. Mm. Are, are you familiar with her? Very familiar, yes, sir. Yep. Well, you do know she's Dyche, right? I do know that, yep. And, um, and uh, she and her um, Black Forest clan of you know, the, the Wiccans, they have been, the, because she is trying to add in the information that I've gotten that she didn't get through her right. training. You know, when she was trained, they've been asking me to come and speak to, uh, speak to their groups. Oh, nice! Um, about some various things, and you know, in one of those re more recent publications about the Pennsylvania Germans, um, they the author, David Creeble, I think was was rather yeah um, rather harsh on her. Okay. Uh, didn't mention, didn't mention me by name, right? And on but also on Susan and Jesse. Right. And um, the, which I think is there's a little bit of I, uh, I, this part you can decide you know how to put whether to put this in or not but I think there's a little bit of sexism work at work there. Silver Ravenwolf is one of the kindest yeah. people I've ever met. Um, very kind. We met her at Pagan Pride actually. Yep. And um, you know when I, when I was sick with COVID, she yeah. was checking on me regularly, and you know and you know and. Um, even though our religions are very different, yes, and and, and generally speaking, I look at Afrakarai and Hexarai as as practices that originated in the Germ Germanic context, mm -hmm. and um, and so fit best in the Germanic context, mm -hmm. you know, whether it be Christian or Oglava. But you know, if if they practice it in 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 a Wiccan context, that's fine. But you know, they're also trying to learn from me how to practice or how to bring in these Germanic elements. I, I'm like, I, I, like, that's wonderful. I'm more than mm -hmm. happy to help. And, and, and I, I love seeing their eyes light up and I like hearing when they have suggestions or questions back to me that actually I can draw a line. It's a, it's, it's a real collaborative effort um, between the, uh, the, that, 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 you know, the Black Forest clan of that's the Wiccan community and, um, and Old Lola. And, that's I lean that way too, Rob, you know. Uh, yeah, and I, I honestly, I think you sh you should probably interview her if you haven't. I have not, and and you know, and I hate to say this, and I guess I should have worded it differently. When I mean the dark side, I mean um, when I met Hunter, um, there was a lot of darkness that came into my life because of that, not necessarily from him, but well, because yeah. of that. And one of the things was um, it sort of pushed me deeper inside myself to not be as open. Like, I can't imagine being more, like, feeling more comfortable than how I felt with you guys, with the Oglava crew. And, um, but it closed me off because of the association with the darkness that I saw. Not necessarily Hunter, but because of him, I was introduced to some darkness that I didn't want to be associated with just by name. Just because the shadow side is part of ourselves, or yeah. the darkness, there is a darkness within each one of us. We, it was, we start have we, we can't avoid it and pretend it's not there either. 
Right. You know, it could, yes. you know, we often hear a lot of a lot of criticisms of certain pagan religions because they're always like love and light, love and light, love and light. Yeah. And, you know, all of existence isn't necessarily love and light. True. And um, so, you know, we've begun in, in Orgulava to really recognize the period that we call for Yule, which starts on December 8th and ends on December 20th when Yule happens as the, like, the real exploration of the shadow side. Oh, wow. And for those, 12, for those 12 nights, you're doing the opposite of what you do during Yule. You start with 12 candles and you gradually blow the, you know, each night you light one less until you're, you know, dealing with the darkness and then you start to light it back up again. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, I, 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 I really overdid it on the shadow side this past year. I like really went a little bit too deep into myself and actually, you know, kind of became depressed by it. But, mm. but by the same token, pretending it's not there doesn't exist. And I think it, this is where Hunter's artistic skills are actually, they, they have tremendous prowess at drawing the reality of, of the shadow side within us and the darkness around us out. And, um, and, and, I'm just thinking, like, put the, to to put something into a totally Deitch context mm -hmm. that achieves the goal, but is ours, and like that that yeah. like, that, that, that that could be such a contribution yeah. to uh, to a future artist. You know, like when your kids grow up, that they you know bring your light and, and your light mysterious. You got the mysterious, and you know, uh, you bring mystery. Your art brings mystery and a little bit of um, enig en enigmatic. You know, creatures and senses into the mind, and Hunter, this is he likes to explore the sides of us that many of us don't want to. Yeah, he's and, like um, the opposite of me, basically. I, I, I like, a, like a fetal position, and he's like, "Wait, tell me everything about this." Like, and then he doesn't understand, like, like exploration and and being curious can also like curiosity killed the cat, and I'm like, you have to understand, like, people see the thread of association as like your values. And it's like, I've, we've both taught each other a lot, but he's actually taught me to look at my, so quote unquote, like darker side and like embrace it and like learn how to uh, focus it and not feel overwhelmed by it, you know? But exactly. I, I love that idea, Rob. If you have some like ideas visually, like how to plot that out, I don't, as you know, I'm not very um, familiar or work much with the runes. Um, you know, I consider myself an intuitive practitioner, um, pretty much. <laughs> That's what I go with. I work with the intuition. I love the gods and goddesses. I haven't um, had much. The only rune that really spoke to me was the algaes that really I connected with almost immediately. And um, it's been riding me through. But another thing, you know, just not being able to surrender to the exploration of that. And I think that's where I am now. I mean, thank you for being so patient with me and staying in touch because it's taken me a long time to sort of work out a lot of like personal issues to get clear enough to feel open to um, the possibilities. But I, I you know, I, I feel really drawn to what you're doing and I like to see it evolving and I like hearing that you're like opening it up and, and helping others learn. It's so neat to see that like pivot and shift from like you learning to like sharing your sharing your knowledge with others. It's really a beautiful thing. And thank you, Rob, for that. Oh, well, you're welcome. But you know what? You're going to like this one. Yay. You know, through, well, uh, throughout the, um, throughout the, the, the uh, past few years of interviewing, particularly these self-identified hex practitioners, yes. we've actually turned up most of a room, of, of, a, of a room set that's in our own context. Oh, wow. Um, 
I sense that my, my sense is that it's not ancient. I think right. that what happened is somebody like 150 years ago or something began messing around with these things. Yeah. Maybe a hundred years ago. Nobody knew the whole set completely, but, but among different communities, they knew most of it. Wow. And we've, we've had to reconstruct part of it. But the one of the symbols that was pretty well accounted for was what would be the cognate of the uh, Elhazer Algi's rune. Wow. Which, which it, it turns up in Deutsch as shield or the shield. Oh. And, um, and it uses the sound sh. And, um, and uh, we've been working on that. It's, it's been a long process. Uh, on, um, on the Orglova YouTube um, channel, I actually have, like, there have been so many Facebook Live uh, presentations that I've done. Oh, where wow. I just go on Facebook Live and talk about it. And so, several of them have been on the runes. And, um, and you know, they're, they're very poorly, because I'm, I'm done mostly on my phone, me, you know, <laughs> wiggling the camera, or bounce up and down, as you know, I always do. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, the, but they have a lot of information on them. And, you know, so Orglova, it's just, uh, it's just or, the Orglova uh, YouTube channel. Nice. I think it's actually under my own name, but um, that's a good and, place um, for me to start. What's that? That's a good place for me to start. Yeah. Oh, you know, we're also a good place for you to start for anybody okay. to start. Um, is uh, um, uh, Victoria, one of the uh, one of the God's folk of Distelfing uh, Kind, Distelfing uh, Shop. You know, Victoria. Victoria yeah. Young has started a or, an Orb Love a podcast. No and, way. Um, she started a few months I ago. Miss, and I miss everything, Rob. Oh my God, that's so exciting! And if you go out to holashaven.com, okay, um, you'll you can uh, you can listen to. I don't think she's. I think she's still learning how to get them onto the. Uh, yeah, me the, too. Um, the sites that distribute them and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's doing a great job with them. She's, oh wow! Uh, I think she's. I think she started at. I can't remember. If she started in Stanning. I think she started in Stanning. So she had Ostra Sieg Dog. Um, yeah, and, and, uh, then, um, uh, summer off song and then, um, just, uh, had Hoya Fest and, nice. um, and it's, it's great. She's a perfect voice for it. Yeah. And, um, she's a great lady. I love and her. so we got to, you know, pass some of the stuff, you know, keep it going because it's, you know, we all learn differently, you yeah. know, a lot yeah. of people can learn a lot from your art just by looking at it. Other people need to hear it. Other people need to read it. Uh, yeah. And um, some people need to go and experience it. And, yes. and, and it, it's all wonderful, and we're all kind of coming together. But uh, one of the things, if you don't mind my taking a moment, no, is, it, is a, lot of, a lot of people who listen to your podcast, they have absolutely no idea what Orglova is. No, please take a moment. Yes, please. So Orglova. <laughs> um, and I have this to share, too. Yes, and that is now, that is now sadly outdated. Um, oh. Uh, because we have so much information. That's, that's 2012. Anything that's in there is still valid. Sure, sure. We, we, we have a lot more to add in. Nice. Um, and, uh, but uh, and we, we've also been working on a, on a, a comprehensive uh, uh, book of, of the seasons, of the observances. Wow. But there's so, there's so much that it's, like, it's, it's not done yet. But, um, <laughs> it's incredible. Okay. So Orglova is uh, a, a modern expression of the ancient Germanic beliefs. Okay. It is not reconstructed because we do not know everything that we, you know how everything was done in the past. Um, but Orglova is a modern uh, a modern expression of the ancient Germanic religion as seen through the lens of the Pennsylvania Dutch culture. Yes, which means our primary sources are our own traditions, um, which 
you know, people say, well, there's nothing alive in the Deitch culture from, oh, yeah, there are. How about those cattle driving days? Mm. You know, that, you know, driving your cattle on Thursday is auspicious because it's, it's the day of Dono, the god of cattle. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's, uh, and these things still live on. Why do so, why do so many, even now, why do so many uh, uh, plain sectarians get married on Tuesdays and Thursdays? Those were the original marriage days because they were under Dona for Thursday or um, or CU for Tuesday, the god of the all thing or the god of justice and, and, and court matters. You know, I mean, and uh, there's all sorts of, of ancient stuff that still lives on in superstition, but also in the cultural patterns among more mm. traditional communities. Um, and each religion in the world has, you know, gets something right. Okay, otherwise nobody would ever adhere to it, obviously. Right, right. But, but they, they each, you know, they, they each try to tend to f- or focus on some things that will make your life better or easier or purer or whatever. For Christianity, it's escape from sin. Mm-hmm. You know, or like, you know, removing the sin by having the Savior remove the sins and, you know, he takes the sins for you and so you can live in this closer relationship with God. For heathen, re- heathen denominations, for Oglava, it is about connections, mm-hmm. connection to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, knowing who you are, knowing why you're doing things, what you're doing, allowing yourself to have downtime because everything needs to rest, mm-hmm. um, allowing yourself to feel upset when you are upset because quashing it isn't helping you. It's learning how to deal with it and how to surmount these things. This is sort of the dark side kind of thing, energy and understanding that stuff can really help. It's about connection to community, um, you know, family, chosen community, whatever, forebearers. It's about connection to deity, including the spark of deity within ourselves. And it's about connection to the world around us, the environment, you know, the, the land spirits, the, you know, the animals. And recognize that imbalances in any one of these places can throw all of, are going to throw all of us off. And that's kind of what's happening now. And, um, so it's, connection is the big thing with you. And, um, and Orgola was no exception in that. We, and Brahkarai has provided us with tremendous amounts of lore of what we should be living like with connection, particularly in the form of the sacred promise where there's this kind of this un, unwritten, because not everybody can write, social contract among plants, animals, and, um, and humans, and also some include minerals in that, like, you know, raiding your world of salt and moving salt all over the place is not necessarily in the best interest of the environment. Right. And so we cover our roadways all winter long in all this salt that doesn't come from here. And what does that do to our water table? I mean, yeah, it, it's, it, it's interesting when you try to take on this, you know, living life deliberately, you know, matter mm-hmm. while still allowing yourself to have downtime. Yeah. And uh, because Mankind is not at the top of this order. Mankind is part of this order. Mm-hmm. And the sooner we stop looking at ourselves as having dominion over everything right. and recognizing that, you know, we rise in sync with the animals and the plants, mm-hmm. uh, the better off we are. And yeah. that, that's, those are the kinds of questions that Orb Lover works on and tries to uh, explore. And, um, and so, and, but it is done through the dice culture. And we, so we mm-hmm. try to advance the language because... Mm-hmm there are some words that, that, that you can say in Dice that don't have an exact translation in, you know, in meaning in English. Mm-hmm. And um, one is Gibilichkeit, okay? If you look up the dictionary, you'd probably say coziness or something like that, but it's actually more than that. 
-hmm. and you know, we add an extra layer to it. And this is what, how you, this is how you, the feeling I think that you feel when you're around us all. It's mm -hmm. this kind of soul satisfying sense of belonging. It's yeah. not just coziness. It's like, Hey, this is where I belong. Yeah. Even if I'm not here, I still belong here. Mm -hmm. And if I, you know, if I walk away and come back next week, I'll still feel like I just, you know, and a guy, like I never left and people belong because they belong. It's not a matter of, Oh, well, you're, you know, come on and join. I think it's be, you're there because you're supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, you know, the feeling when you, when you experience it, this means you can argue and fight or whatever and still belong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, and that's, that's what I love about it. You know, it's, it's, it, it's taken on a life and a spirit of its own. And, um, I mean, Keep in mind, I mean, I, 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 just for those of us who, who, those who do know anything about heathenry, um, you know, heathenry is a very fast-growing religion. Yes. Um, it is, uh, it's growing fastest, actually the fastest-growing religion in the prison system, mostly in the form of, a, of, of, of Odinism, mm -hmm. which unfortunately the prison system is getting, you know, is, is highly, highly, highly racist, yeah. and, um, which we do not embrace at all, obviously. Right. But um, but there's other heathen denominations, and um, Oglava now being one of them. And I am now in my second term as steer of the troth. The steer is the president of the troth, and the troth is one of the oldest and largest heathen organizations. So Oglava being in you know represented at that level right. in one of the oldest heathen organizations has a place. We have a place at the table, and yeah. um, and. And we consider, you know, it, it's kind of cool that we have all the different denominations of heathenry actually working together, you know, because the whole issue that taints us with race, with racism, also besmirches our ancestors and our gods and goddesses. Mm -hmm. And um, that's problematic because if you think about it, thousands of years of German, of German history, mm -hmm. you know, incredible works of art, mm -hmm. architecture, music philosophy all that stuff mm -hmm. all got all gets dismissed for a one 12 year period where the worst yeah. things that were could ever be perpetrated in humanity were perpetrated right those 12 years have become the what defines the germans instead of the yeah. other instead of all those beautiful works of art and music and all that stuff right that's what we've been reduced to and mm -hmm. nobody has done more damage to the reputation of the germans or the germanic people than the nazis so yeah. honoring the Nazis and their philosophy actually is harming our ancestors, our yes. forebears, our gods, our goddesses, and us. And we we can't let that happen. It's it's so ass backward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. uh, instead, focus on the art, focus on the on the beauty and the contributions to life, including the dark side philosophies. You know, I mean, it just there's just so much there. But you know. We, you know, I, I'm just tired of being defined by the Nazis. Yeah, 100%. And it's so funny because I talked to Hunter about it yesterday. We did an interview. And um, when I grew up in Bristol, I was one of the only Germans. I don't even know in my class if there were any other ones that were like overtly just like felt really like super German. And I remember in fourth grade, um, and this was a really defining moment in my childhood that I shared. Like we were talking about what our heritage was and I said I'm German because at the time I didn't say Pennsylvania Dutch because it wasn't like a thing for me um and I remember a little boy he's an Italian boy I still know him um 
you know, just saying, oh, you're a Nazi, like immediately. And I was like fourth grade and I was like, what the fuck is a Nazi? Like, what are we talking about? Like, I just, and it followed me through and it, it always gave me that fear of, um, being associated with, or even, even still now, I really, um, feel more, um, connected to Pennsylvania Dutch culture and, and people because, well, well, my ancestors have been here a really long time, which makes it make sense for me. But I also feel very like, even though I have good um, relationships in, with Germans, I feel very put off by it because of that, um, that veil. And also, you know, my great grandfathers, um, not my great grandfather, my grandfathers both fought in World War II. And it's, and it's a big part of our, our, our personal um, familiar history and, and very much against racism and the Nazis. And to have this sort of be this uh, push and pull, I think it's again about the surrender to um, a, a couple different things for me in my life right now. But one being uh, surrendering the idea that I have to always reason with unreasonable people and I have to argue this out. Like, I don't need to argue with you, motherfucker, if you don't agree with me on this. <laughs> Goodbye. We don't need to talk. You don't need to buy my work. You don't need to follow me. I've gotten to a point where I'm just like, look, I can be myself and stand very strong in what I believe and make my life more rich by connecting myself to these things like Orglava, for example, and not have to argue with people that disagree with that or disagree with me. And I know you have actually shown me a great strength in that you and Hunter, because Hunter is a little different. He'll just kind of be quiet and not react. But for, I've seen you in action go toe to toe at pagan pride with hateful people. <laughs> and, and I was so proud of you and also so like, Oh my fucking God, give me some of that strength because I reclused. I remember, I remember we didn't go to that pagan pride. I was very worried about that becoming like an issue of safety. And I just remember thinking like, at what point am I going to stop being afraid of this and be able to say either a, like have the confrontation and speak my mind or B just like walk away and be like, Oh fucking well, I can't get everybody to be reasonable. <laughs> like not everybody's going to agree, but there's a beauty in that. But it's also kind of like, you know, I try and think of how to model um, tolerance for people that are so intolerant. And I think that's almost the key as like a teacher, you think, well, how do you get a kid to stop a behavior like you model and you positive reinforcement, you know? So I think of these jackasses like that, but I would really like to just not have any interaction with them at all. So. Well, you know, the, the funny thing is, you know, Popper's principle, you know, you can tolerate anything except intolerance because, yes. and, and, and so I, I don't tolerate intolerant people. And, um, it, and it's hard to do because like you, you know, air signs, we're all the people, we were the di diplomats that we yes. the ones who love to talk and share. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, it's, it's wasting our time. And I'm going yes. to bring, you actually said something that, that was very, very important. Yeah. Okay. The coffee kicked in. The little boy heard you were German. The little Italian boy heard you were German and called you a Nazi. Which yeah. isn't it funny how uh, Mussolini gets forgotten? I know, like, honey. You know, yes. okay. Like, yes. I mean, okay. So, yes. but that just shows you yeah. how, that just shows you how this stigma is sticking. Yes. Because nobody, nobody's going around calling the, you know, every Italian person they see, you know, uh, you know, a, a fascist. Right. And right. we're right. Pennsylvania Dutch. Yes. Our ancestors yes. were here before Germany was, you know, a nation state. Yeah. yeah. And, Yet we're being called, we're being called Nazis. And the, and the funny thing again about that is actually, believe it or not, German is the third largest ethnic group in, in, in Bristol. 
Oh. Yeah, I, what the hell? It was, at, well, let's see, fourth grade. So I was, I, mean, I was 10, so 1991. I mean, he was, he, look, I'm not going to lie. He was a dumbass kid, and he's still a dumbass person. He was not very educated. He, like, nobody else had ever said that to me. But just don't tell me his name, because he probably votes in my district. But um, know, He probably doesn't vote, honey, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, here's, here, here again the thing. So a lot of these people who are German are actually Pennsylvania Dutch here, too. Sure. Well, I'm like, I've lived in Bristol for 20-some years now. I, don't, oh. I, got, I think we moved here in 1992. I didn't know that. Wow. Um, so, we, yeah. so I was like in Bristol while you were in Bristol. I didn't know that. Yeah, we, I, bought the, well, I owned wow. my house. The mortgage is paid off and everything. I mean, like, yeah. Wow. And, um, and, so funny. And, you know, I, I'm the judge of elections for my ward, and so I see all yeah. these German names coming tro trooping through, you know, and um, but a lot. some of them are Pennsylvania. Some of them know they are. But you know, the Irish and the Italians, they have, like, their monuments down by the river. Yeah. Yes. And then the African-Americans have a beautiful Harriet Tubman statue. Yes. Um, which is where the Black Lives Matter uh, protest that they had here recently, which was a phenomenal day. You know, yeah. like, I it was so it was beautiful. It, it was so well run. And they, they were encouraging people to really get out and talk to each other. And, we, and people actually did. And it, and it ended down there with, you know, a firm protest. But the recognition, you know what? Why are we? Why are we still at this point? You know, yes. and um, and this is a great little town. Yeah, it, it is. Really, it's a great town. I think it's it's continuing. It has issues, mostly oh, at the government well, level. Yes, but yes, but yes. It's, the <laughs> people are the people are generally very kind, and, yeah. and they 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 know each other. And once you're around for a while, they know you. And and um, so it, I I would love to see a Pennsylvania Dutch monument go down there. You know, I mean, because so cool. this is the third oldest town in Pennsylvania. So, I mean, like, so, so rich in history. And you know what? And the thing is, Rob, my mom lived in Boyertown. She was she grew up here. Right. She and my dad settled there in Bristol because of the diversity. They wanted their kids to grow up in a diverse community, unlike Boyertown at the time, which was yeah. really an incredible thing to give us a gift. Yeah. But I always, you know, when you talked about in the beginning, just always feeling like in between or not a sense of belonging. It didn't only come from not having Germans around me. It was just, a, it, it was inside of me. And, you know, it's taking me a long time to find, and I'm still finding, like, as you said, I'm still on that journey. And part of the journey is this book, but, but I love Bristol. I have very fond memories, but I do feel um, there was otherness that had nothing to do with my heritage or anything, but just in general, just feeling not a sense of belonging there. But it was more my issue, not, the town itself, but part, part of that is also our general cultural rootlessness. I mean, yes. you know, um, rootlessness is one considered one of the like forces, of, major forces of chaos in or you know in Orwell's philosophy. Because <coughs> if you have no connections at all, it's kind of difficult for you to care about anything. Sure. Yeah, you know, and, and um, and uh, yeah, so our, our general society thing is like that, and and a lot of times when people are rootless, they begin to inflict pain on other people. You yeah. know, and it. it it's, it's not, it's, we have a, there's a cultural sickness, but the point is that most of us actually do have a place we belong. We just have to open ourselves up yeah. to it. And, yeah. You know, it's not always but, given uh, to you. It's not always handed to you. Yeah. Yeah. Or it is handed to you. You're just not taking it. It's not, or it's not a lot the right of, one that's handed to you. <laughs> there's a lot of fear that you're going to take it and then be rejected. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah. And, um, some of that stuff is just because we all have too much time on our hands. I mean, we're, we're, we're just not out in the field slaving enough, <laughs> you know, a yeah. way to get, you know, to, to maybe reap a, har a harvest of 10 parsnips. I mean, it's, right. 
it, but I, I really, I think we're coming into, you know, obviously like we're, we're in an age of change right now. Whatever's yeah. happening right now, um, I, I don't know that we're going to ever really fully go back to the way things were exactly. Right. It might get close, but, but some of that stuff may not be worth going back to. Right. I mean, yes. You know, and I think that this is what the, the one of the important things is in the Black Lives Matter protest. It's like, um, you know, when you have ten percent of your population telling you that there's a problem, mm -hmm. and it's not just because of crime in in, a, in their community, it's because there's a, a, a systemic problem. You don't listen to that. How many decades of that not listening are you, do you think it's going to take? Right. Now with things beginning to unravel in lots of ways. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the time to try to like actually try to rebuild and try to build things something better, and yeah. you know, look at us as being citizens of the same country rather than you know members of one ethnic group or the other. Yes, and you know, I mean, our culture has faced its own discrimination. I've I've been targeted, you know, for of it yes. you know, in my own life, um, but yet somehow in all of this, Dutch is still the third most widely spoken language in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and. You know, with the numbers growing, mm -hmm. but we can't, you know, it's hard, you can't get instruction in schools. Right. You know, even though it's like this, it's now a heritage language. I mean, like, right. you know, uh, we survived anyway somehow without government support. And I think I'm glad about that. Yeah. Because, you know, originally, you know, Benjamin, well, yeah, Benjamin Franklin didn't consider us white. And a lot of, you know, people, the, the color, the color. Yeah, boy, he had some really so. great things to say about us. <laughs> you know what? If you think about it, think this one through, okay? He's actually right. <clears throat> and um, because he didn't, they didn't consider the Swedes to be white either. No. We were, we were swarthy. And swarthy, you know, men that we were still looked down upon. But you know what? That swarthiness or the experiences that our ancestors came in with mm -hmm. had us looking at the Native Americans and, uh, and the, um, the slaves in the South in a very different perspective from the so-called white establishment sure, right and well you know that when that germantown protest the, the, that first protest against slavery happened in germantown and was done by 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 the you know first generation settlers um that was when it was recognizable that we already had our own way going it wasn't until the, like our numbers were really needed you know to boost the establishment population that we really became white right. and um i embrace the swarthy i'll take the swarthy because you know what the white establishment is, you know, the, the, the Irish weren't even considered white. I mean, you know, right. you know, I'll take that swarthy. And one of my ideas, and I actually spoke about this with somebody at the, at the Black Lives Matter protest, and, um, and uh, we actually might do this, is every year on the anniversary of, the re of the, that date that that um, uh, uh, protest of slavery was written, I think we should go to Germantown and read it in public alongside you know, the, the uh, African-Americans who live there now, recognizing that, you know what, um, we've actually been in this struggle a lot longer than it appears. And this struggle is not against anybody. The struggle is to make the lives better for everybody. Sure. Um, so you know, if, if folks aren't, uh, aren't familiar with um, the uh, first protest against slavery, they can look, you know, research it. And there's some uh, historical marker on Germantown Avenue for the building that it took place in. And it shows from the beginning that, that the Deitch culture is not, is separate, is, it has its own identity. And somehow, after all these hundreds of years, our language with no support whatsoever from any, you know, uh, system of power has managed to sustain itself. And that's because our culture is strong. 
And, um, you know, if you look at it, other, you know, we were the first refugees here. Mm -hmm. you know, the others were all, you know, other, than, other than the Native Americans were already here. Mm -hmm. And the um, African Americans who were brought here against their will, we were the first ones to come and hide here. And yeah. um, to that, we, you know, I, I think I did a tip of the hat earlier to the Dutch, uh, the Dutch um, uh, ancestors of the Netherlands who enabled our ancestors to, to get to safety. And to the, to the British who actually, you know, protected us, but they also wanted us to colonize the frontier. Mm -hmm. And um, so we have a whole complex history behind us that I think we Dutch people need to learn our own history. Yes. Because it's not getting taught in school. No. And, um, oh, as a matter of fact, okay, I, I think I told you this before, but when I was student teaching, now keep in mind I switched careers mm -hmm. late in life, and I was student teaching in like 2010, I believe it was. Okay. And um, I overheard one of, the, one, of the, uh, one of the teachers telling one of the teachers that she didn't want to teach the lesson on the Amish. Mm. Um, and uh, I, so I was looking at the lesson on the Amish, I was like, you know, this is, there's a mistake in here. Because they keep saying that 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 the, that the word Pennsylvania Dutch comes from Deutsch. Well, it actually comes from Deutsch. Because the dialect that was bringing it over here was calling itself Deutsch at that point, also. And so, oh, okay. so, I said, so I said to the teacher, "I said, what do you like? What do you do if you happen to find a an error in a textbook?" To her credit, she actually gave me an answer. She told me like you know, how you would contact a publisher and you know all that stuff. And then when I saw it, thanked her. And then we're sitting there, and she's like. I've been meaning to ask you, and I was like, okay, just how much like German is Pennsylvania German? I was like, well, again, I said, actually, I consider us to be two, two separate ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. I mean, one derived from the other, but linguistically, our languages are different. Mm -hmm. um, there are some, you know, there are some false friends that, you know, that, like words that appear to be the same word. I mean, you know, guile in German means something very different from guile in Deutsch. You know, I don't know if you know that. No, I don't. But, well, guile, guile, guile in um, Deutsch means horses, mm -hmm. and guile in um, German means like horny or lust, like <laughs> lusty or like really attractive or something. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> okay. so, so that's like a so that's one right there. Um, but uh, and um, but you have like so you have and culturally three hundred years separated. You know we're. Is certainly as far different as say Danish and Swedish are, or you know, they have their own separate identities because of God. But we, but we have our own name for ourselves. I respect the German culture. I love, I love it. I, I, I identify with it to a degree. I love reading things. I love talking to Germans. But I'm Deutsch, yeah. and um, and um, and and so I explained all this to her, and she goes, "Oh, so no Hitler then?" Oh. And I was like. I think I actually took my glasses off at the time. I think I actually did. See what I mean? I was like, well, you know, other than my uncle being over to blow up his bridges and right, doing the yeah. war, um, no. And like, but this, to her credit, this did open up a, a, a very a floodgate discussion. And um, and uh, you know, she she was of Jewish descent. Mm -hmm. She grew up in Germantown. Wow. And that, and knew nothing about the town being settled by the Pennsylvania Dutch. Obviously, before you know Hitler ever existed. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh my god, this is a failure of our education system. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and then I used to, I worked in a 
Jewish Refugee Resettlement Agency in New York for six years. Wow. And um, so one day she was, um, she was talking to the other teacher who, you know, didn't want to teach the lesson on the Amish. And they were talking, they were saying something in Hebrew to each other. Mm-hmm. And I walked by and said, oh, that, 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 uh, isn't that the Passover prayer? And she goes, well, gee, how did you know that? Mm-hmm. And I explained, I worked in a refugee resettlement agency for, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, all of a sudden, she started getting nicer to me. Mm-hmm. Well, as I was leaving my, um, as I was, you know, finishing my uh, student teaching, I decided to give her a gift for her, you know, being with my cooperating teacher. I had a tree planted in Israel in her name. And, um, and um, well, then all of a sudden I went from being shit in the shoe to um, being like, you know, because to her credit, she did learn. She did listen to what I was saying. And, and I, I'm hoping that, 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 that she saw just how much her own bigotry yeah. was leading to incorrect conclusions. And we all have to be careful of that. But it happens even now to us. And, um, and, and people don't understand that. It happens. It can be subtle. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Amish and Mennonite people can be very direct targets of that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, remember, I remember hearing somebody, uh, somebody uh, cussing me out as he got out of an elevator. Because when he came in the elevator, I was speaking in Daesh to somebody. I, stopped, I actually stopped speaking when he got in the elevator. You know, or, you know, damn foreigners need to learn English. I'm like, it's like, foreigner. <laughs> But we have a blessed culture, we have a blessed language, you know, it's, we can wait forever for a government agency to support us. We're going to have to take care of this ourselves. Yes. And with, with Doug Manford and, uh, you know, yes. Doug, I think Doug and I are going to have to be involved in some of that together because, you know, um, we're like the two young, younger speakers who are more involved and who actually understand yeah. the grammar, yeah. you know, um, and it's, it's just, you know, I'm more formal. I am far more formal. I want my, I want people to learn how to like I, to keep that dative case around. You know, Doug does too. But I'm saying like I'll, I, I, I will dig back for old words, even obscure ones, and revive them. I mean, it's, it's, it's. We really just have to. We're gonna have to take care of ourselves. Yes. And, um. Yeah. You know. And I think unless, that's a know, blessing because honestly, the government involvement ends up being usually disastrous. You know. the, the one I think we need is we need more corporate involvement. Yeah. Like, you know, like you know, if they want to cater to our communities and let them start advertising some of their stuff in our language. Yeah. You know? that's really Granted, we all learn, we all learn how to speak English. I get it and everything like that. But you know what? It's still more comfortable for some people to hear things in Dyke. Yeah. So, you know, if you can broadcast, uh, you know, 69 news in Spanish, you can broadcast 69 news in Dyke. We that's just need somebody to we just right. need somebody to. We need somebody to actually get there and, and create the story for them. We need interview reporters who can speak the language, and um, the Channel sixty nine is not going to be responsible for finding for you know giving those people those skills. Our own community is going to be responsible for you know, teaching those skills, and then having those people have that ability and be able to go to Channel sixty nine when they're looking for a reporter. Say, well, you know what? I also speak Pennsylvania Dutch. I could go out and. You know, and do inter, you know specialty interviews, right? The, you know, any of that stuff, but it has to come from our own communities. Yes. And um, and it, the difficulty there is none of us has time mm. because you know even when your kids are in school, they have a full day, and then you know how are you going to get together? Like how are you going to get teacher to come in or, or to go somewhere, meet somewhere to teach an hour an hour of Deutsch a day or something like that? Right. Right. And, and you know, I taught at Coachtown, and the program is good, but 
they had it on Wednesday for like a huge bulk of hours and then you didn't have it again until the next Wednesday. Yes. So reinforcement during the week was, was little. Yeah. And, and I felt like I was shooting with a fire hose. Like all yeah. those bites at the most of it splashing off. And then, you know, they dried out by the time they got home and then they come back a week and, you know, in different yeah. clothes. So it's like, what's stuck? They need, they need to be like three or four days, maybe five days a week for less time yeah. per period. Like um, yeah. Yeah, or like, like we would do in schools. Right, right. You know? and, um, but unfortunately, budget, you know, budget issues and things like that, unless corporations sponsor something, you know, or unless we have somebody who's independently wealthy and wants to sub support these things, it's, it's not going to happen. And, um, but yet the language goes on. It's just yeah. so... It, it it's is fascinating. Awesome. It is really fascinating. Um, yeah, I know Doug's been really excited, and I know he worked on like a film, a Hollywood production that they needed yeah. a Dutch speaker. But he was really excited too with the um, healthcare. Um, when you get something from your from your insurance and it's in yeah. Dutch too, which is exciting. Yes. You know, some of it is, and I've seen some that are in like really bad Dutch. Um, <laughs> I've seen it from different ones, like like you know, um, and I've seen some where they're using English words where there are Dutch words, and um, yeah. But it, the fact that it's there is still good. Yeah. And, um, and the thing is, I, I think with one of them, I actually called. <laughs> I think I, I actually called and asked for their Dice speaker. They didn't have one. So, oh, you know. Of so, um, so, <laughs> so, No, they said that, we, that, they would, that, they, that they had somebody on, that, on file that, or something that they would, who they would call. Mm -hmm. And, you know. Um, and, and, and there have been places that have actually used me for that. Like, um, there was a, um, there was, uh, a, uh, an orphan, uh, an Amish orphan in, um, Lancaster County years ago. And they need, and I, I translated for, for the young girl for that. That was, that was really scary because, um, she was an orphan, but she was taken away from her fosters. And, oh, um, wow. and, uh, she got, she finally got, you know, settled with, with cousin, with like her aunts and uncles, but. You know, in the process there, they can't, you know, they have to find, make sure the home is decent and everything. And, For sure. Yeah, and um, so, but we need our community to get together and network. I mean, like, it really has to happen. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the Orwell was bringing in a lot of people from the diaspora who That's are just, cool. they're thirsty for, they're thirsty for their heritage. Yes. And, um, and, uh, we, we, and that's why our numbers are growing so fast. Yeah, that's but, so cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love that about Michelle. Um, the the phrase she coined, which is um, Deutsch girl displaced. It's such yes. a beautiful... And, and the, I felt that so hard when I heard that because that felt like, oh, you just spoke to the last, like, 30 years of my life. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about it is actually she's in New Jersey and she, she hosts many Orgolov events. And so, yes. you know, she's brought the Deutsch eye to her. Yes, and, um, yes, good for her. Yeah. And your artwork, I mean, you know, and you're back in Boyertown, I mean, really, you know, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel the land so hard, Rob. Like, I connect to the land. I really needed to be closer to, uh, Spangsville particularly is my, is my land. What is? Spangsville, it's called. Spangsville. It, do you, are you familiar? It's part, it's sort of near Oli. Um, mm -hmm. That's my place. And I, I center myself based on the land. So, I mean, I'm very happy to be home, but I certainly see that you can bring, yeah, bring the Deutsche Eye to you. That's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really neat to see you in Bristol though, because, you know, growing up there and doing so many awful teenager things there and young adult things there, I have a certain picture in my mind of Bristol, but seeing it brought to light in a different light because of 
what a great experience you've had there. It's, it's really nice and makes me a little homesick, but um, yeah, we're really happy out here. But it's, it's tough because, you know, I grew up in a very diverse area, really spent a lot of time in Philadelphia. It's tough to be sort of a little going a little backwards, but there's a lot of like-minded people out here, which is nice. But there's also some some people that are living a very different kind of life out here too. So it's a little scary, but you know, the thing about Bristol is the river, you know, you yes. go to the river and you're above Philadelphia here in you know, North of Philadelphia, yeah. but this is the river that our ancestors you came up and like, yeah. you know, every year, um, except for this year because of COVID, we have a public event at Red Bank battlefield over across the river in New Jersey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I, Every year, I'm sitting there looking at that, wondering what our ancestors were thinking as they were coming up that, you know, up the up, you know, the bay and the river there, and so like I, I connect to I can connect to the history through the water. Yes. You know, and um, and the fact that there were, you know, there really only were three towns in Pennsylvania, but you know, by the time that that uh, they got here, so yes, a lot of people came, you know, came were here and doing stuff here too, and yeah. You know, we again, we just don't know our own history. Like in right. general, Americans don't know their own history, and that's part of the yeah. rootlessness. And um, yeah, and you know what? You're in my county. You're in the county I grew up in. So. Yeah, it's funny too because then it tends to just repeat itself. The bad stuff when you don't know your history, and you don't learn from it. You know, you know. So yeah. I think that's a very nice. powerful um thing to to sort of. I want to say safe, but I'm sure there's a different word for that. Ponder on them, like to you know to consider and to take into our into our daily living is recognizing yeah. that you know, like a mindfulness yeah Ooh, yes. how does this connect um yeah so i have to go soon but um is there anything else i think you've covered pretty much all of my notes without me even asking um let me see they can always interview me again if something comes up yeah so i guess what i was wondering um just to sort of close on is where you think um Erglava's going and also um I wrote in my notes your work gathering stories from the older folks. Um, so that is something that would be published in the future, or well, what are you planning of, to do with that? When there, when a story is completed, it goes up on the Dice Mythology blog. Oh, cool. Okay, so and it's out. Are, there. Are, yeah, we already had the first the first book of Orgul of a Mist has been up for a few years now, and um, I'm working on the next book of Orgul of a Mist. But in the meantime, we want to get that bigger book out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, no, there, and plus, you know, as observances come up that those myths relate to, we also put them in our programs. Nice. Um, some of our programs go up on orglova.net. Um, you know, and, uh, and, you know, COVID has made this little, actually, it should make it easier. It's made it a little more difficult. Is that, you know, usually we have events that I'll go to and I'll speak at sure, and sure. talk about these things. Now, as for where Orglova is going, I think what it, like... The biggest problem that we're having is with our apprentices in Brakara mm -hmm. and Hexara. Now, Brakara and Hexara are separate from Orglova. Orglova is a religion. Brakara right. and Hexara are the magic and healing practices. But yeah, they're kind of intertwined around each other because, you know, in our context, the lore is drawn from one or the other. But, um, but it's per per perfectly happy to be an Orglova without knowing anything about Brakara. Right. Um, but, uh, but as Orglova is expanding, you know, we, you know, we need to, I, I want people to understand just how much of the Orgwalva philosophy turns up in our herbalism and mm -hmm. turns up in other, you know, and to see that, that there's so, so many different aspects of daily living and they all have, they all share things with Orgwalva because Orgwalva, it's not just something that you, that you, you know, unpack on Sunday morning to go to church and then come home and forget about it. It's something right. that many of us 
at least give some consideration to every day. Like mm -hmm. even if it's you, you know, sitting there getting a consideration about one of the deities today or whatever, right? You're doing it. You know, that's 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 you know, you're doing it. You're thinking about it. You're embracing, or as you're painting your artwork and you're thinking about, you know, what runes, what rune design might have this been based in, or whatever. You know, it it all. It, it all is inner, it's all inner, inner, holistic and intertwined. Yeah. Because we are not separate from the world around us. Right, right. We're not separate from existence. So I think where we're evolving to more and more is bringing, in, is bringing more integration of these you know, different aspects of our lives into the daily consciousness and mindfulness of the religion. Right. And recognizing that this is who we actually are. We are connected beings not disconnected beings who are stuck in this world that we can't deal with yes. yeah yeah that's so powerful um that's where i think we're heading you know and that's the the funny thing i totally forgot to touch on this um the other thing was algae's really uh, floated to the surface for me and also for hala when you talked about her at, at one of the events that i had gone to and and um practicing what you're speaking to um in your home and taking pride in your home and keeping things in order. I've, that has really stuck to me like peanut butter. <laughs> it's like, that is something that I think about often that you um, sort of planted that seed. And we have a gigantic elderberry forest and jungle. Like it is bananas. And I get so frustrated with Hunter, but then I say to myself, well, there's certainly nothing I'm going to do about this because that would be so bad. Um, but just that idea of Frahala has really resonated with me and stuck with me. And, and changed my perspective on housework and yeah. keeping a home and raising my children and um, the idea of it being a chore and distracting me from the real work. But that is the real work, you know. So that's, that's been really the real work. Yeah, that's yeah. really been beneficial to me. And it's and it's definitely all integrated, like what you're speaking about. Um, when I make my artwork, my kids are usually around and involved, and it's like the household is in a certain way so that I can focus and like bring my whole entire spirit and body to that to that to that um, present focus um because i've gotten all these other things sort of in um, but you know i also want to talk, talk to this point okay you know like regarding to like the, the children you know we, especially for outdoor but outdoor ritual the children yes. are welcome and they should be coming because oh, they're they're, they're part of the community too yeah and you know i i know that, that 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 some parents are worried about if their children have you know behavioral issues or something we tend to that at we can tend to that at the moment, you know what I mean? But, yes. but we want to make sure the child welcome, is, recognizes that they're welcomed and loved or, you know, and um, part of the community from the time that they're young so they never experience that rootlessness. Right. You know, right. And, um, you know, especially if we have places for them to run around, we just, you know, draw the clear lines, tell them, what, yes. you know, okay, well, you can't do this right now, but how, here, you can do one of these two things. I'll let them, you know, and, and yeah. Yeah. It's so hard, Rob, because I, I feel that so hard. And I think I was put off at one event because my son is very wild and rambunctious. And I felt it was, it was my own issues, though, with feeling very insecure about taking him places. Um, but I know, um, for instance, Pete has always been so incredible and so welcoming with his home. <laughs> my kids have, have always, um, you guys have always made us feel welcomed. And um, I look forward to being able to meet in person again because I always feel like I go there so drained and I, and I leave so filled, you know, I feel like I've, yeah, it's always so, it's so, so incredible experience for me every time I come in and 
I don't know how you would say, I'd say worship with you all, but um, just be with you all and, and, and be in your presence. And it's just, I mean, you have this dynamic personality and you feel like uh, I get a very, very warm feeling from you, a familiarity that goes way back beyond uh, when we actually first met. So thank you for letting me in when I knocked the second time. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, you didn't wait till three. Um, but, <laughs> the, um, the, uh, but, you know, again, you know, to speak to the point, the, the it is when when you have a child who who is you know hyperactive. I don't like to use those words. But a child with with challenges of one sort or another. Yes. Um, it, it's the child is still the child, and the child yes. is still part of the community and belongs. And um, it, part of that is also educating the rest of the community on okay, you know, we're we're a special ed teacher. I yes. I know what we're doing. I know. Yes. You know, and, and, and the worst thing we can possibly do is make people feel like they're not welcome because this child doesn't belong. And that's, not, that's othering and it's not, it's not who we are. Right, right. It's, yeah. Instead, what it becomes is a, instead what it becomes is actually an act of devotion where everybody's coming together to try to make the environment for worship as comfortable, including as many people as comfortable, yeah. each with his or her own needs. Not in the communist kind of force thing, but in the recognizing that this is the best interest of our community because these are the next generation. These are the children who we teach them how to, you know, how to do the rituals. We let them know that they belong here. Mm -hmm. They're going to belong. They're going to do the rituals. And then when they're older and they have children, you know, in the community, they'll know how to pass the information along in a way that is welcoming and inclusive. You know, yeah. tell them what to do. Don't tell them what not to do. You yeah, know? positive reinforcement. Yes, yes. that's that's you know, one. Of, that's one of your great strengths, Rob. So, yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't mind negative reinforcement either. But I mean, oh no, me neither, honey. Well, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, um, well, listen. You know, and the thing that I've learned in my experience with my son Hunter, who's six years old, is um, it does take a village, and I need my village, and my village comes in many forms and people and um different places they pull from but i am i have definitely surrendered to that that i am not strong enough to harness the energy of this child and he is gifted beyond belief um he's very connected on multiple levels that that I, it took me a very long time to get to so i think he's an incredible spirit and we look forward to coming back and 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 worshiping with you all and i do appreciate that sentiment because that's basically my mission behind all of this is um to educate the children and give them that, well, the, the opposite of root, rootlessness would be um, to give them that anchor where even if they do rebel against it or find their own path, they always have that to come home to, you know? Yeah, so like, like that's when, fascinating. When they get to know us well enough. Yeah. You know, when you know, there are, some, there are some, some children that are in our group who know me well enough when, you know, there are times where I can't be, where I'm bleeding something, but you know, when there's few minutes in between, all right, let's go outside and let's have a water gun fight. And, you know, I mean, you know, and let them get some of their energy off. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what kids do. Look, when I was six years old, I was hyperactive. Yeah, me I was, too. I was all over the place. Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. And, um, you know, and I, I do sometimes host here in my house. My house is not childproof, right. but, you know, my mother didn't have to childproof me. She, right. she, she set me up, you know, <laughs> I knew what I could touch and I knew what I couldn't touch. Right. Make, it, you know, make, make the rules clear. Yeah. Make it clear what's going to happen if they violate the rules, but also make yep. it clear what's going to happen if they don't violate the rules. Right, yeah. And, 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 and um, 
and then reward them the way you would reward anybody with what they a little bit of what they want, and then just have a good time, you know. But, AKA food. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. Food, but yeah, Rob, I have to wrap this up. But I do too. I thank you so much for your time, Rob. You got it. Thank you so okay. much, Rob, and I miss you so much. And please tell Doug well, to hello. Now you sitting right over here. So Rachel says hi. Hi, right. hey, Doug. Miss all of you right. very, very much. So, and I love, I'm loving the beard. So I'm so happy that you're in good health, and and I'm thinking of you all often. So you guys take care. All right. Thank you. Take care. I love you. Bye bye. Love you too. Bye.